This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it Money Pit is presented by the Angie App and LL Flooring's Profiles Podcast. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, what are you guys working on? What are you planning for your house this week, this weekend? If you've got a project you'd like to get done, you can start right now because we'll give you some tips, some advice on how to get it done. Reach out couple of ways you can call us at 888-MONEY-PIT or you can click the new microphone button on moneypit.com it's on every page record your question and we'll get back to you the next time we produce the show coming up on today's show as you look around your home have you seen a lot of cracks and holes and nail pops in your walls that they sort of take away from your otherwise very well-maintained space well these are easy to fix and you can fix them once fix them right and not have to fix them again if you do it the proper way, which we are going to explain in just a bit. And also ahead, do you have a closet that's just a bit too dark? And, you know, picking out your clothes in the morning is kind of difficult. Well, you can make it a lot easier if you improve that closet lighting, and then maybe your clothes will actually match for once. There's an idea. <laughs> it changed my whole design sense. I mean, I get dressed in the dark because I leave so early and I don't <laughs> yeah, want to wake do. anybody else Middle up. Of night, right? <laughs> and I can't tell you how many times I've, not that it's bad, but how many times I've put like a navy sweater with black pants and I'm like, oh, I thought this was all black when I get to work. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> well, just tell everybody you're a trendsetter. <laughs> And also ahead, you can count on hot water at the term of a tap, but keeping your water heater maintained can reduce the chances of a sudden lack of hot water, which is terrible any time of the year, but especially terrible in the winter. So we're going to tell you what steps you need to take to keep things heated up. But first, we want to help you save some money, save some time, and avoid those home improvement hassles that can slow you down on the road to your dream house. That is what Team Money Pit does. We talk to you, we listen, we hear what's going on in your project process, and we help you make it as smooth as possible, and we give you some great ideas to get the job done right. So reach out to us right now. You can do that by going to moneypit.com, clicking on the microphone, and posting your question right there. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Brandon in South Dakota is on the line with a garbage disposal question. What can we do for you today? I got a family, uh, two little boys, and I was just wondering about sizing a garbage disposal. Um, should I go with a half horse, a three-quarter horse? Um, and then my follow-up question to that is how hard is it? Um, kind of a, nom- or a novice do-it-yourself, or would I be able to put it in myself? So to your first question... You know, I know that they sell disposers that are as small as about a quarter horse or a third horse, but I would never buy one that size in a million years because I just see that as a problem in terms of clogs and inability to grind stuff up and maybe tripping all the time. So I would definitely recommend you get a half or even three-quarter horse. I mean, the additional expense is not significant. And I really think it's going to give you better performance uh, over a greater number of years. In terms of installing them, they're actually not really that difficult to do if you can handle basic 
basic plumbing projects. But remember, you also got to handle basic electrical work. And, you know, that can get tricky if you're not familiar and it can actually be dangerous. So it's not a hard plumbing or electrical project to do, but you got to have some basic skills to take to take it on. Does that make sense? Yeah, makes perfect sense. All right, Brandon, good luck with that project and, and good luck with those boys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank okay. you very much. Thanks for your help. Terry in Ohio is on the line and dealing with a stinky hot water smell. Terry, does it smell like rotten eggs? It's only happening in one bathroom. My husband replaced our electric hot water heater two years ago with a, a gas. And it actually has been happening almost since that switch occurred. But the smell is only in the upstairs bathroom. And so I don't know why we're getting the smell. We've put bleach down in uh, the tank and tried to clean out the tank, but we continue to get the smell back. When you say the tank, you're putting bleach in the water heater itself? It's very diluted, just a little bit. Yeah. Okay, well... Um, a couple of things. First of all, if the water smells throughout the entire house, then that's usually caused by a problem with the anode rod in the water heater itself. But since it's only two years old, I'm thinking that that's probably not the case. It's more likely a problem with biogas, and that could simply be something in the drain in that particular bathroom that's causing this issue, because you'll get these microbes that will grow inside the drain, and they can really smell terribly. So what you need to do in a case like that is to the best thing to do is to take the drain apart if you can get under the sink and take it apart and clean it really thoroughly in another sink somewhere and get a like a bottle brush down there and scrub it with a good strong bleach solution or you can use some oxygenated bleach even better yet and that will kill those microbes that are there and then once you put it back together I want you to fill the sink up to the point where you have that water goes down the overflow which is usually built into the sink body and make sure you put some put some bleach in the hot water too so that it will slowly trickle down that overflow overflow for a bit of a time. So this way, if there's any um, any uh, organic matter in that overflow, it'll also be eliminated. So I suspect it's in the drain as opposed to being a problem with the water heater. Because if it was a problem with the water heater, every single sink would smell the same way. That's kind of what I figured, but we couldn't figure it out. So um, I thought I listen to you guys every Saturday, so I thought I'd give you a call. Yeah, well, you know, it's hard because it doesn't. It only happens to you know sometimes to you once a lifetime. But we, we hear about this all the time, so we have a pretty good idea where to look for the problem. Okay. Oh, great. I appreciate your help. You got it. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Mayor in New Jersey, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Moved into a house about a year ago. It was built in 2007. And all the windows, they say on the windows and they're same windows. I don't know which type they are. And all the windows only open very little until they get stuck. A lot of them, if you try to open it, it gets so stuck that I can't even close it. Well, I'll tell you what, the fact that you have Anderson windows tells me that I seriously doubt there's anything wrong with the window itself. I suspect what happened here, Mayor, is there's a problem with the installation. And if the jams which is the side pieces that the windows slide up and down on, if they were installed wrong so that there's pressure pushing them inward, that can cause the condition that you're describing. I'll tell you one way that that often happens. Sometimes uh, installers will use a spray foam insulation, like the kind that's polyurethane that expands and gets really, really hard. Something as simple as that can bend those jams in and make it hard to open the windows. But I think what you've got here is definitely an insulation problem and not a problem with that window. So to try to get to the bottom of it, 
you're going to have to probably open up the trim on that window from either the outside or the inside to to make sure the window was installed correctly. If it's if it's too tight in that opening, or if there's insulation pressing on it, or if there are shims there that were um, put in too aggressively and bent those jams inward, that would cause the condition that you're that you're describing. I mean, the good news is that an Anderson window is a very good window, so that's why I suspect this has nothing to do with the window and has more to do with the way they were installed. Installed. Okay. Thank you very much. All right, Meyer. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Lisa in Michigan's on the line dealing with a humid bath. What's going on? I have a energy efficient house that was built very tight and they put in a exhaust fan in the bathroom um, to allow ventilation for the whole house. But I don't know if it's doing a correct job and I've read some places where they say to leave it running all the time. So the timer that's in the bathroom exhaust fan, first of all, that would be a very weird place to put whole house ventilation, by the way. That exhaust fan is probably just for your bathroom to take the moisture out of the bathroom. That would be more normal. Don't. Why do you think it's for the whole house? It's not a whole house. They use it for... Uh, ventilation because the house is so tight. Well, it's taking air out. Mm-hmm. Well, if the house is really tight, the ventilation would be where we add air back in, not where we take air out. We take air out. That's usually because we have damp moisture we want to get rid of. I, I'm pretty sure that what you're seeing in your bathroom is not for the entire house. I think it is just for a typical bathroom exhaust fan. And the timer on it um, is one that would, if it's set, Normally, it would be set for humidity. It might have a humidistat on it. So I don't think what you're seeing is for whole house ventilation. There would be a different type of fan that would be used for that. Is this in the bath ceiling? Yeah. Yeah. It's not for the whole house. Well, but that's what I've read that that's what they're doing on some of these houses. No. It might be just bad information that's getting passed around. That wouldn't make any sense whatsoever. Okay. All right. Do I need to to have some type of air exchange for a house that is... Well, that's an architectural question, and it depends on how tight the house is and what the air changes per hour were designed to be. If it's any less than about three-quarters of an air change per hour, then you probably do need to have some replacement air ventilation in it. But I would ask your builder or your HVAC contractor that question. 
and then they can discuss the options for for that. The, the trick is that you want to be able, if you're going to bring in fresh air, you want to do it through something called an air-to-air heat exchanger so that if it's you, you're exhausting stale air, but you're you're recovering the BTUs that were used to heat that air. So you're not getting rid of the heat. It's kind of like a radiator where it's passing it from bad air to the good air on the way in. So you're sort of preheating that 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 air that's coming in from the outside using the heat that was in the stale air. That's why it's called an air-to-air heat exchanger because it, it exchanges the air, but it traps the heat or the cool. Well, drywall repairs are one of the most common home maintenance chores that we've got to take on as homeowners. But if you don't do them properly, you're going to be doing them again and again and again. So to avoid the pitfalls, you need a pro and you need to have to plan it carefully. We're going to share steps to do just that in today's Home Solutions Tip presented by Angie. Yeah, you know, the three most common types of wall and ceiling repairs needed are nail pops, holes, and cracks. Now, DIYers that take on these projects often find themselves doing them over and over again because those cracks or holes keep coming back. Now, pros tend to get them right the first time, so let's talk about some of these key tricks. First of all, nail pops. How do you deal with them? These are the result from a nail that's kind of loosened up in its position and then starts to back out of that drywall. And if you tap it back in, that's really not enough to help it stop doing that. It's just going to find its way back out again. So what the pros will do is they will add an additional fastener on top of the loose one. So it kind of overlaps and that will secure it in place. And then you spackle and sand and make the entire repair virtually invisible. Now, repairing wall or ceiling cracks is another tricky job. The best way to fix a wall or ceiling crack is to use a very strong perforated drywall tape. This type of tape has large squares and almost looks like netting, and pros will apply this to bridge the gap in the crack first. Then they'll use a very skilled hand to spackle over that tape using multiple thin coats so it can be sanded, primed, and then repainted. Yeah. Now, filling a hole in drywall, that's a bigger job. For that, you're going to need a scrap of drywall, a leftover piece of window screening, some joint compound, and a couple of common tools. Now, the pros know that the best way to patch a hole is to cut the hole to fit the patch and not the other way around, even if it means making that hole a little bigger, which I know can seem scary, but sometimes that's the best approach. Next, they're going to apply two or three thin coats of spackle. And once it's painted, that hole is gone. No more. And that's today's Home Solutions Tip presented by Angie. Tackling home projects has never been easier. Just tell Angie what you need and they can handle the rest start to finish. Download the Angie app today. Barry in Tennessee needs some help with his jacuzzi. What can we do for you? Well, what happened was... um the drain got stopped up, so I took some crystal Drano and poured it, and it got on the tub itself, and it burnt all the way around the drain. I mean, it's it's burnt plastic, so I was wondering, is there a way to get that back to looking new, or do I just have to replace the whole tub? Well, unfortunately, you've chemically damaged the tub by using uh, caustic drain cleaners. We really don't like caustic drain cleaners for reasons just like this. They don't really work very well to begin with, and what happens is you end up overusing them or spilling them, and they I've seen them melt tubs and melt plastic before. You know, there's a new drain cleaning product on the market right now that I've just come across, and it's fantastic. It's called Drain FX. The website 
website is drainfx.com. And essentially what this is, is for under $20, you're purchasing what's, what's in essence a pressure washer for your clogged drain lines. You hook this up to the sink faucet. It has a long tube that you can run hot water down. You drop this into the trap and then you turn the water on and it blasts the clogs away. It's under 20 bucks. Check it out at drainfx.com. You should have one in your toolbox because you never know when this is going to happen. And look, you could save yourself not only the hassle of a clogged pipe, but in your case, the hassle of potentially replacing a tub or learning to live uh, with the ugly stains that have resulted. Do not use caustic drain cleaners on these surfaces. Take a look at Drain FX. It's a much better option. Barry, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Thanks. All right, now we've got Pat on the line who's got a leak at home. What's happening? I have a wet spot up in the ceiling, in the corner where the ceiling meets the wall. It's a new subdivision. I think it's about four years old. I called a guy out, and he told me it was that wall backs onto the laundry, and he said it was a vent. It was windblown rain because we've had some really bad storms. And that there wasn't anything I could do about it but just fix it, cut out the sheetrock and that stuff and fix fix what's there. Yeah, that's going to happen again and again and again, <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't want to fix yeah. it every year. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, that, was, that was silly advice. Here's what you need to know. So first of all, it's a roofing repair. Uh, it depends on what type of, of, of uh, vent you have on that roof of the dryer. You know, some types of vents are a little more susceptible to wind-driven rain, especially if they're low to the roof where the rain kind of, you know, when the rain starts to go horizontal, it pushes up in there and then drips down. And, of course, the vent is not designed to be to contain water, so it's just going to leak at the lowest point, which seems to be right where you're seeing it. So you may have to change the type of roof vent that you have there so that it doesn't happen. You may need to have one that is uh, a taller, stands up off the roof, and it could even have a turn at the top, kind of like a candy cane turn at the top so it points down but lets that air exhaust. You don't want to have too many twists and turns because that blocks the, the flow of the of the lint getting out. But you may need a different size type of vent. Uh, and that presumes that this leak is not just simply caused by the flashing around the vent. And an easy way to tell that is to run a hose up there and flood water from the top of the roof down over where this vent is and see if you cause the leak to occur. Unless it's visible. I mean, sometimes I can look at these things and see that the flashing wasn't installed right or it wasn't overlapped correctly with the shingles. But I would eliminate that as a possibility, and then we're left with wind-driven rain. If that's a constant problem, then you're going to need to uh, basically re put in a new type of vent that is not as susceptible to the wind driving the water into your house. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. If it's a flashing, can I just seal around there? I would. I don't like to tell you to seal it because that's a temporary fix. If it's flashing, it, the roof can be remade around that, and you should be able to seal it properly just with the roofing material. If you go up there and you put a bunch of tar around it, not only does it look terrible, but it's going to crack again and open up, and you'll be doing it again and again and again. We don't like the Groundhog Day uh, types of repairs. <laughs> you know, we want you to do it once and be done with it. Shouldn't be leaking, and those are the two possibilities. So take a look, and uh, and good luck with that. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. 
AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now I've got Daryl on the line who's got a question about a heater. What can we do for you? Hey, yes, we have a, um, a bathroom heater and vent, and uh, the heater part went out. The, or the, I guess the fan part, I should say, went out. Okay. Flip the switch, and you can smell it like burning. The heater is working, but the, the fan doesn't blow. And I was wondering if, if there's a way to fix that or if I just have to replace the whole thing. Yeah, it sounds unsafe because if the fan is not blowing, the heater could actually, the, the heater part, which is usually a light bulb, can overheat. So I, I would recommend you replace that entire fixture. The, the new ones are so much more sophisticated today. You can get one with a built-in humidistat, for example, so that when you're done with the shower and you leave the bathroom, it'll stay on just long enough to dry out all the moisture and keep uh, the mold from growing. So I think it would be a really good opportunity for you to replace it. Now, would something like that be vented out through the roof or just into the attic? No, it absolutely needs to be vented all the way out. And, you know, it could be vented in the attic. I certainly have seen that. But, um, no, the idea is it would go through the ceiling and then up across the attic towards the roof or through the side or to the side, the gable wall. And there's different types of terminations that will basically are waterproof from the outside, but then the duct can clip to it from the inside. I got you. Okay? Okay. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome, Daryl. Good luck with that project. Well, when it comes to good indoor lighting, one place that's often overlooked is the closets. Now, upgrading your closet lighting is a great way to make even small spaces more attractive, but more importantly, it makes any closet more organized and easier to find things, whether it's clothing, tools, household supplies, pantry items, or whatever else you're putting in there. Now, although a lot of older closets still have fluorescent lighting, They are rapidly being replaced by LED lights, which stay cooler and are more energy efficient than even the fluorescent bulbs. 
And they give a lot of brightness while saving energy at the same time. Plus, the fluorescent lighting is just a terrible color of lighting, and it makes everything look really dingy. Now, another option are battery-powered LED lights. These batteries can actually last for up to a year. It's amazing how long a battery will work with an LED bulb. They use so little energy. Plus, they're really inexpensive and super easy to install. You really just screw them in place or even use like a peel-and-stick tape to hold it in place. They come in different sizes, and they're pretty versatile, so you can use them in all sorts of closets and cabinets. Now, I know there's a ton of different light types out there, so when it comes to choosing one, you got to kind of figure out how you're best going to use it in the space. So an overhead light is going to work best because it's out of the way, and it just gives you overall illumination. There are lights with motion sensors, and that's a great feature, so you can keep both hands free while you're reaching for whatever you need. You can also find models that go on with a touch, a switch, a cord, or the that are going to turn on and off when you open and close the door on their own. Now, lights with timers are automatically going to turn off after a set period of time, which is going to help save you energy because I'm sure there's a lot of people who will forget to turn off that closet light. I'm talking to you, kids, my kids. (laughs) Yeah, you know how I dealt with that with my kids? I put in motion sensors on the light switch for the room. So when they leave and they don't turn the lights out, Five minutes later, no motion. Lights go out automatically. Sometimes, you know, you just got to give up and do the easy thing. (laughs) Either that or tell them again and again and again and again, turn the lights off. (laughs) I remember when I was growing up, we would leave. Everybody would be packed in the car and we would leave the house. And my dad would somehow turn around at the last minute and go, Tom, you left your light on. And he'd turn around and go back. And I had to go back in the house and turn the light off. (laughs) So I decided I wouldn't put my kids through that drama. You got to just turn off the lights, you guys. Now, one thing you need to avoid, particularly where you have closets that are full of clothes or anything else that's flammable, like boxes and that sort of thing, is incandescent or halogen lights, particularly if the bulbs are exposed. Not only do they use more energy, but they tend to get very, very hot, especially in small enclosed spaces, and they can really pose a safety hazard. So if you're installing recessed lighting fixtures, they need to be fully enclosed in the housing with a cover that should be placed at least six inches away from all storage areas. And surface-mounted fixtures need to be at least 12 inches away and have to be installed either on the closet ceiling or on the wall above the door, according to most local building codes. So Get lots of light, get more light, use the LEDs, be careful about the installation, do it once, do it right, and you'll be able to actually see what you're wearing in the morning, like Leslie. Yeah, maybe it'll match. Maybe I can finally match at 4.15 mm-hmm. in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Joyce in Massachusetts, you've got the money pit. What can we do for you today? Uh, I have nine windows, and we had someone caulk the windows with the window sills. Because we live in Boston, and the and the cold air has been blowing in. I want to know how I can seal them up, because it didn't do one iota thing for the gentleman caulking uh, the nine windows. Didn't do any good, huh? And he caulked them from the outside or from the inside? From the inside, because this is an apartment building. Um, we're on the seventh floor, and we have windows going on different a- angles. And so I, I'm trying to find out what, what is the easiest way to prevent the cold from blowing in because it's unbearable. Okay, since you're on the seventh floor, I presume that you don't use your windows. You would never use your windows for emergency egress. Do any of them go to a fire escape or anything like that? No, no. Okay, so there's two things that you can do here. Um, one of which is you can use a shrink film. It's a clear plastic wrap that you cut to fit the size of the window. 
Mm-hmm. You attach it with a double face, clear double face tape that comes with it. And then you use your hair dryer to heat it and it becomes very taut and clear so it doesn't obstruct the view. What about weather stripping like weather felt? Well, that's all possible, but there's another option. And the reason I asked you if you needed to use your windows for egress is because I was going to recommend temporary weather stripping. Now, there's a caulk that's like a weather stripping sealant, but it's a temporary sealant. Okay, so the way this works is you essentially caulk your windows shut. You caulk all the the seams in the window where they slide up and down with this clear temporary caulk. And then what happens is in the spring, you can actually grab the edge of this caulk and peel it right off. It comes off like a clear rubbery strip. It enables you to essentially seal your windows shut uh, in the winter and then restore them in the spring. Thank you very much, and I enjoy your program uh, immensely. All right, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, you turn the tap and you get hot water, but have you ever thought about what it takes to heat that water? Lots and lots of energy and a lot of energy dollars can be wasted, but there's a few things that you can do. Absolutely. So most water heaters run on gas, oil, or electric. Now, if your water heater is gas fired, it's important to have it serviced because combustion deposits will build up and make it very inefficient and potentially unsafe. Now, the same goes for an oil water heater. You need the same type of servicing that you would need for your oil-fired boiler or your gas-fired furnace. They burn fuel, they get dirty, and they need to be cleaned. Now, on electric water heaters, one of the two coils can burn out after a while. If you start to run out of hot water very quickly, that's a good sign that you have a bad coil. An electrician or a plumber can take care of replacing it, and you can also have a timer installed on an electric heater to heat water only when you need it, and that can save a ton of energy. Absolutely, and finally, if you're willing to make the investment, a tankless water heater heats only the water you use as you need it, and it's definitely the most efficient type of water heater. Yeah, it's small enough that you can install it close to your bathroom, so you're never going to have to wait for a hot shower again. And I got to tell you, I have what's called a combi boiler now in my house. I got rid of my old cast iron, formerly oil-fired, converted to gas-burning boiler, which was humongous. And I replaced it with a gas-fired combi tankless-style boiler that runs both my domestic hot water and all the heat for the house. And this thing is the size of a kitchen cabinet. It is so small. It's mounted on a wall now in the basement. It doesn't take up any floor space. And our, our, our heating system has never been more efficient. We really, really love it, and I highly recommend it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Taking a local call from Steve in New York who's dealing with a heating question. What's going on? I used to have a steam heat system in my house with the old radiators. Okay. My house is probably from the 1890s. And I was thinking about the radiators that have been removed and have been heating with, like, just a direct vent heat system, you know, one of them gas wall units. And I was thinking about trying to put forced air in that house, but I have no way to get to the, you know, the bottom of the first floor or to, like, the second floor because I have, like, soap plates in the wall. I was wondering if you got any ideas what I can do for a heat system instead of putting steam back in here because I'd like to put central air in the house, too. Right, so you want to have a ducted system that where you can have heat right. and air. 
Uh, and you say that you used to have these steam radiators, but you took those out. That's kind of a shame because steam radiators and steam heat in general is a pretty warm and wonderful way to heat a house. Well, I, I still have the radiators downstairs, and I could put them back in. That was my other question, too. Should I just go back to the steam radiators and the steam boiler and just forget the air condition? To uh, restore the steam heating system, you would have the benefit of warm, moist, and comfortable heat in the winter. Your air conditioning system would be a separate ducted system. Now, there's two ways to do this. You can use a traditional ducting system, which would run uh, in through your walls, or you say it's difficult, of course, because of the way the walls are constructed now. But in some cases, I know I have a house that's a little bit older than yours, and when I put in air conditioning, uh, we were able to run them ducts in closets and places like that, so they weren't quite so obvious without going through the walls itself. But there's another system I'd like you to look into called Space Pack, spelled P-A-K, S-P-A-C-P-A-K.com, spacepack.com. This is a system that is a high-velocity, low-volume design. So the ducts of a Space Pack system are only like three and a half inch or so tubes. And they can be inside wall and floor cavities very easily. You don't have to have the big ducts. And what they do is they move air through at a faster speed. That's why they're called high velocity. And they still do a great job of cooling the place. So that's another option for you in terms of getting air conditioning. But again, it's a separate system than the heating system that you have now. And of course, the third option is just to go with ducts all the way. And putting in a forced air system won't be as comfortable as the hot water, but it would be less expensive than two systems. But you're going to have to find a very talented HVAC contractor that understands this is an old historic home, and he can't just go tearing things wide open. He's got to be creative and strategic about how he gets the ducts into each place in the house. Do you recommend a baseboard electric heat at all? No, it will cost you an arm and a leg, especially in New York. Yeah. The very most expensive way to heat a house. Okay, I thought the electric baseboard came down in price, but I guess I'm wrong on that. It's not the baseboard that comes down in price. The equipment is cheap. It's electricity yeah, yeah, that yeah. costs you. I thought they were cheaper to run today, okay. but I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> All right, Steve, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Yeah, thanks. Bye. All right. Well, Dave wants to know, how do I get my windows to stop having condensation on them? Dave wrote in saying that my windows form condensation on the lower edge when the temperature drops 5 to 10 degrees. He says, when the house was new, I was told it was because it had a lot of moisture in it from the new materials. They said put in a dehumidifier to control the humidity levels. No changes. Even when we turn the heat down to 65 at night and put a fan on the window, we still get moisture. Should I leave the shades up, down? We can't find a difference. Yeah, I feel your pain on this one, man. So I'll tell you what I think is going on. I think that the insulated glass windows are simply not insulating. Now, typically, when you have a thermal pane window, there's going to be a gas inside of it that's typically argon. And if it wasn't put in right or it's incomplete in some other way, that you're just not getting insulation so that when the warm air hits that window, it condenses, and that's how you get all of this moisture and condensation. So other than replacing those windows, what I would do, and you said you tried putting the shades down, but I bet you didn't try cellular shades. I would recommend you try cellular shades. They're honeycomb shades that have an insulating effect, and they will interrupt that flow of warm air striking the window and then converting that to condensation. All right, yeah, that's a good call. Well, now that we are totally need even winter. This time of year can really drag on for a lot of people. The holidays are over, but it's still a couple of months before we get those really nice long days and warm weather. If you're feeling the winter doldrums, you can perk yourself up, though, with paint. We have a DIY solution for all problems. It usually includes paint or some other similar product. Les is going to share some colors that can be real pick-me-ups in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. 
Yeah, you know, color definitely affects your mood. And there's a lot of things that have been proven, you know, colors red and yellow make you hungry. That's why you see it always at fast food restaurants. So there's a lot of science behind what a color will do to sort of ignite something in your brain, whether it's a feeling, an emotion, something. So color is super helpful in creating a great space at home that will boost your energy and your mood during the winter months. So first, let's talk about orange. Now, it creates a warm and inviting environment. You want to choose a softer shade with maybe a pink or yellow undertone and that can really liven up a foyer and I find that foyers generally get more light so these rooms will just really be bright and friendly really a great choice blue that's another favorite color but don't be afraid to go dark now the thing about a blue tone is that you have to paint a large swatch on the wall and then watch it over several days several nights with your lights on with the lights off on a sunny day on a rainy day because blues depending on the undertone can take on a ton of different shades like even that same color can look more lavender at one point in the day look darker so definitely Look at it over the course of a few days and then decide which one you like. I mean, it's an extra step. I get it, but it's definitely worth it. You try on a sweater, so why not try on a paint color? And finally, yellow. It's a super happy shade, but if you go too light with yellow, you're going to end up with something that gets looking more like a white tone, especially if it gets a lot of natural light. So stay away from a lighter tone if you get a lot of natural light in that space. You can go for a deeper shade that has more of an orange undertone, kind of like a marigold. It's lovely. It's happy. It feels rich. It looks great in a lot of different lights. I mean, any of these colors are definitely going to chase away your winter blues and for sure get you pumped up and ready for a beautiful, fresh spring. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Coming up next time on the program, saving energy and going green are big goals for most of us, and that might explain why heat pumps are more popular than ever. We're going to share exactly how heat pumps work, whether they make sense for you, and where they work the best on the very next edition of the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Scretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.